morning, church. I feel like I, I missed my, my lull there. I waited just two seconds too long. Good morning. I'm so glad to have you here joining us. And uh, welcome to everyone who's joining us also via our live stream. Let's keep in mind that we still have lots of people that are part of our church family that are not um, gathered yet with us. So we want to remember to continue to be reaching out to them and, um, and making them feel included. Um, this morning we've got a special time of celebrating our graduates, but I also want to encourage you um, and pass along our condolences to um, Frank and Bev Henry on the loss of their son this week, so please keep them in your prayers. As we begin this morning, um, we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer. Um, as you leave today, I do want to encourage you, if you are a member of our church, to go ahead and vote. We are doing our election for our next board terms, and if you are not sh um, sure what our board does, they do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. This is a group of people, they lead us very well, they shoulder a lot of burdens, they make decisions that are not always easy. So um, I want to encourage you to also be praying for our, our elections, praying for our new board members. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful to gather, Lord, for this chance to be together, Lord, to celebrate who you are, what you've done for us. Lord, we could just never, we could never repay you for, for who you are and what you've done. God, as we enter in this time of worship, Lord, I pray you would quiet our hearts, quiet our minds. Lord, let us be open and aware of what you are saying to us, how you are speaking to us. Lord, we lay this time before you. Lord, we pray that it is just a beautiful offering of our time and our love and our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Right. Good morning. It's so awesome to see all your all's faces. Would you go ahead and stand? I'm excited this morning, not just to be here and see your faces, but I'm going to introduce a new song to you. Everybody says, yay! We're so excited. But seriously, I'm excited because this is a fast upbeat song. How many people, if you would dare raise your hand, kind of miss the faster, more upbeat songs in church? A few of you. Okay, well, this is for you then. <laughs> Yay. If you would like to clap, Clint says clap on the kick drum. And that's also a new tongue twister. So, <laughs> okay, so that's his, what, right foot? Would you do that again? Listen for that. Clap with his kick drum if that's what you'd like to do. If not, no worries. You can just dance. We've got plenty of room in the aisles now to dance. Right, Christy? Yes. Amen. All right. Let's sing. Your grace is on our side. 
behind us, battles ahead. God, you are for us, so what stands against? Oh, we have this promise, you're never far away. Sing your faithfulness. We've seen your faithfulness in the darkest night. We've seen your goodness, God, favor See 
One of my favorite things about gathering here together is being able to look at you. And I understand I, I have that position from being up here. So I encourage you, if you want to look at each other, turn around and look at each other. Because singing a song like that, being reminded of his faithfulness and knowing each other and knowing each other's stories is like, yes, I can praise the Lord because I can see that he's brought you through this. Praise the Lord for your testimony, right? Like we can encourage each other in a place like this because I can look out and see his faithfulness and his goodness on your life as well, right? So look at each other. Do that, right? <laughs> oh, isn't it beautiful? The body of Christ here. I'm not going to read for long. I'm not going to talk for long. That was a side tangent. Okay. This I'm just going to read from a story that you know, the parable of the lost son. I'm going to read a really short part before we go into this next song. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So they began to celebrate.
shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, why you won't tear down, coming after me. Let's sing that again. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no Trust in Him. 
church. Almighty God, you have built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Grant us so to be joined together in the unity of spirit by their teaching that we may be made a holy temple acceptable to you through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Different than uh, than the weeks past have, um, because we're going to celebrate our class of 2020 this morning. All right, so uh, if you're here from the class of 20, 20, 20, 20, <laughs> class of 2020, would you go ahead and join me up here? Um, yeah, 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 like get up and off the seats and, and walk up here. Uh, so as they're making their way, you guys can just kind of hang out right here. Don't go too far. We want to keep you in the, in the camera shot. You guys are, you guys are on live TV this morning. So everybody wave at the camera. <laughs> so, uh, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, I will have been at the church for six years. Um, and the only reason I say that is because that means that this class right here, uh, they were just finishing their time in the kids department as I was starting. So this is my first class, like this is my class right here, that I saw them from coming into seventh grade all the way to graduating high school. And let me tell you, this has been a very special class for me for that reason, but for many other reasons. As I look at them and I remember the times that we have had together, um, I remember in some of them even more to, like before I was actually here, like I remember Spencer as a wee little guy and he was so ticklish and, uh, and it was so fun at Tri-County. Uh, and Ryan was actually my ring bearer at my wedding 10 years ago. So like there's, there's, there's connections from before this. And so I'm so proud of them. This has been a crazy year to be a senior in high school and to graduate. And nothing has gone the way that you all ever thought that you, that it would for your graduating class in your, in your senior year. But they have handled it well with grace. And let me tell you, you guys have been awesome as well. We've been kind of celebrating them in ways uh, throughout the past couple of months uh, on Facebook and online. And I know that you guys have supported them well. So thank you. It's my prayer that you would continue 
to do that. There are card boxes out uh, in the, on the coffee bar. Since we can't drink coffee right now, we can't serve coffee, we figured we'd put card boxes up there. So uh, if you've got a card, you can drop it off there. I know some of them still have uh, graduation open houses. Those details can be found uh, online on our website. Uh, marysvillenazarene.org slash grad and if they've got the, their party information they can do it there some of them are not having parties just given the circumstances and so we'd encourage you to send cards or drop cards off there but uh, thank you for celebrating them and, uh, and i hope that you'll continue to celebrate them i also hope um i'm going to recognize each one of them here in just a second but uh i let me it's my prayer it's my hope as their youth pastor that as they graduate as they already have graduated, as they go off to their next chapter, whatever that is, whether they're moving away or staying at home, they're moving out of our youth group. And it's my prayer that we as the church would not see this as our, the end of our time with them. Like our responsibility does not end now. We still have a responsibility for them. And so as they go off, maybe even find new communities of, of fellowship and worship that, that we would, would remain responsible for them in prayer and encouragement and maintaining contact with them. And so it's my ask of you as the congregation that you will do that for these guys. So let's talk about them for just a minute, all right? Um, some of them are not here, but I'm going to start with the ones who are here. Let's see. I'll just go in order of my Bible here. So first up, we have Leanne Eichhorn, who's graduating from Marysville, and Leanne is going to be going to Cleveland State. Yeah, you can go ahead and clap for her there. That's... We're not... We're not going to do like the, uh, like the official graduations where they say, hold your applause to the, no, like you can celebrate each and every one of them. They deserve it. Uh, so Leanne is going to go to Cleveland State and she is going to study music therapy. So Leanne, congratulations. I'm not going to shake hands or hug everybody. Just, you know, I don't want to look bad. So Leanne, congratulations. It's been a pleasure having you in youth group. Let's see who else we have here. All right. Joseph Moore, also graduating from Marysville High School. All right. I have notes because I couldn't remember what everybody's doing off the top of my head. So Joseph is going to Ohio University where he will be majoring in science education. So Joseph, congratulations, sir. Yeah. All right. What? What? <laughs> you got something to say, Spence? <laughs> Spencer Mills, graduating from Marysville as well. Spencer, this is kind of partial to me because he's going to my alma mater, Mount Vernon Nazarene University. We've had a history of sending uh, our students to other Nazarene schools, which has been heartbreaking for me. And so I'm glad to see a couple that are going to the, the correct Nazarene school. So uh, <laughs> Spencer is going to Mount Vernon, and he will be studying business and finance. So congratulations, Spencer. Yeah. Let's see. Skylar Ross, also graduating from Marysville High School. And yeah, Skyler will be attending OSU Marion, and you'll be studying elementary education, right? So that's exciting. Kids, yay. <laughs> Congrats, Skyler. All right. Let's see. All right, Ryan Walters. Ryan, yep, graduating from Marysville. And another one who's going to my alma mater, Mount Vernon Nazarene University, already wearing the, the polo. Uh, where he'll be playing soccer and also studying, 
Hold on. Business administration. So congratulations, Ryan. And then Cambry Green. Where's Cambry? Cambry graduating from homeschool. She's actually been done for a while, though, right? Like you were done a few months ago. So, uh, and Camry is going to be attending the Central Ohio EMS School, where she'll be an EMT and paramedic. So that's exciting. Congratulations, Camry. All right. And we do have, we do have a, a few that aren't here with us this morning. I think a couple of them are coming second service. But Seth Payne graduated from Fairbanks. Uh, he's actually at basic training right now, so he had to leave early and had to miss some of this celebration. So make sure you keep Seth uh, and the whole Payne family in your prayers as he is at basic training. Um, and then, let's see, Alicia Smith, um, she graduated from Marysville and the uh, the technical, what's the... <laughs> High point, thank you. I started to say the one from back home, Butler Tech, but that doesn't happen. That's not here. Yeah. High point, and she plans to become a photographer. Uh, and then Jack Thompson, I think, will be here second service. Uh, he graduated from Victory Christian School, and he will be attending Eastern Gateway College for two years and then going to an engineering school after that. And then Josh Masseri also graduated from Marysville, and he's going to keep on uh, working at Kroger. So... Would you give one big round of applause for our class of 2020? You guys can go ahead and have a seat. And we do, obviously, we're doing everything in the world differently right now. Um, and so one of those things that we're doing a little bit differently is, uh, is our slideshow videos and pictures. And so uh, what we're going to do next is we've got a shortened video with all the pictures and in the midst of that, our, our praise team is actually going to sing a song of blessing over our class of 2020. And so I hope you'll pay attention to the pictures because they're cute, uh, but also the words of the, of the song that the praise team is, is singing as a blessing over uh, the class of 2020. And I do also want to mention that after, uh, after service, right after second service, there will be uh, the full-length graduation video will be sent out through all of our communication methods, so email and Facebook. And that's the one where you always need a tissue to watch because that's the one where the parents uh, record a message to their graduates, and it's just a real tearjerker, um, but it's always awesome. So I do want to make sure that you're aware that after second service, that will be going through our communications, uh, and so make sure that you check that out. But for right now, let's, uh, let's ooh and ah over the cute pictures and this awesome song. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.
His face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you
graduates. Uh, that is my prayer for our church, that we will sense that blessing of God, his face shining upon us. Thank you, praise team, uh, for, for leading us in this time of worship. And uh, we're proud of our seniors. Yeah. And uh, we do believe God is going to be using them. And Jack, I see you there. And I, I saw how excited you were about coming up. And, uh, and, uh, and Josh, I see you back here, bud. We're praying for you guys. And um, God has great things in store for you, and we do pray that blessing upon you, uh, that, that you will sense the blessing of God wherever you find yourself. You have a church that's pulling for you and praying for you, and, uh, and I want you to know that um, I will always be your pastor, that, that any time you feel the need, wherever you are, whatever's going on, if you just need somebody that you want to talk to, and I know Josh feels like this too, any time you can call me, and I want you to know that I am for you, and we, can, we, we want you just to continue to, to see God bless you. Well, let's segue into sermon if we can, and uh, you know, after the first service, um, I laid my iPad down um, at a place where I would remember it, and then spent... 30 minutes trying to remember that where that place was. Uh, anybody else like that? L looking for car keys is the story of my life. And uh, Terry always gives me that good advice. Uh, I don't know, wives, husbands, whoever the memory person is in your family. This is not helpful. Or where did you have it last? <laughs> well, if I knew where I had it last... I wouldn't be looking for my car keys, my wallet, whatever. Now, now that the weird thing is, my long-term memory's great. Anybody else like that? I can remember things when I'm three years old, uh, which is a long time ago. Uh, but I can't remember what I did ten minutes ago, oftentimes. But, but memories are important. Uh, how and what we remember affects how we live in the present. And that's true for all of us, that, that, that our memories affect how we perceive life. Um, last night, uh, there were fireworks going off. I mean, now, anymore, now that it gets, any in June, that means fireworks can go off every night for the next two months, right? And, and our dog apparently has had some bad experience with thunder. So when it thunders, he freaks out. Uh, he, he's a watchdog, he's a watchdog to this effect, and I'll say that in this service because it's not being live streamed, I didn't want to live stream this, he's a watchdog to the extent that he'd watch anybody rob our house and help, okay, uh, he's like a big scaredy pound, big 90 pound scaredy cat, and so there was, there were fireworks last night, so of course Kobe slept in our bathtub, okay, uh, because he has memories of lightning storm or something that has scared him. And, and we're all like that. We have memories that, that will affect how we live in the present, how we approach uh, the future. And so our graduates, definitely you're going to have an interesting memory of 2020. And, and I think they have 
uh, shirts that says the one where they were quarantined, <laughs> uh, 2020. So, and if you're not familiar, that's a, that's a Friends-like title for the Friends TV show. And so it's been a memorable year. In some respects, I think it's been pretty good because you've been singled out and, and we've made a lot over you. But it, but it has affected your ability to have those last conversations with friends in school, to have that normal type of graduation. Um, and as you graduate, there may be memories from high school that you need to let go of. That, that for you to move forward effectively following God, follow, following uh, the course that God has in mind for you, that there may be some memories you need to let go of or you need to see them in a different way. Uh, there, there may be some memories you need to hold tighter to uh, as those memories guide you into the future and as God leads you and these lessons that you have uh, from, from Sunday school teachers and, and parents and friends and and. and youth pastors, uh, those lessons that they've, they've worked so hard to give you, hopefully they will be driven home and you'll have good memories of that. We're, we're talking about God's epic journey for this series, and I think it's appropriate for our graduates because I do believe that God has an epic journey uh, ahead of you, and, and God is lead, inviting us to join him on an epic adventure that, that God is inviting us to join him in his story, uh, to merge our stories into his story, and in so doing, join this epic, overarching story of God. Um, on this graduation Sunday, the, the truth is, graduates, and anybody in here, I can't promise you ease or wealth or health. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of things I cannot promise you but, but I can promise if you follow God all out with no reservations, it will be an adventure like no other. <laughs> we do not serve a tame or a dull God. Uh, oftentimes we make him that, that he's the no fun zone, but, but God invites us into this adventure that's like no other. And what I have found in my life is the twists and turns <laughs> in following God is an adventure like no other. That I have experienced things following God I would not have experienced otherwise. Now, now we began this series talking about tabernacle, and, and the tabernacle represented the very presence of God, but, but more than the presence of God, that the tabernacle began or would set the course and direction of the Israelites' life, that, that God wanted to be this presence that they would follow. And, and so as we, we don't have a tabernacle, uh, we have Jesus. Jesus is our tabernacle. So we look at Jesus, we look at how Jesus lived, and as we follow Jesus, we join God's epic adventure. And so, how did, re, how did Jesus respond to people? How did Jesus respond to circumstances? How did Jesus respond to hardship? How did Jesus respond to sacrifice? How did Jesus approach those on the margins? And, and so, as we follow Jesus, we join God's epic adventure. And so as we consider this, it matters how we see and our perspective. Perspective matters. We need to have God's perspective, not just our perspective. We need to see through the Word, through the church, through worship, through the Spirit. We need to see things, circumstances, and people like God did, God does. And so we began this looking at Joshua and Caleb. Uh, Joshua and Caleb were the spies, remember we talked about them, and they, they saw 
the, the promised land different than the other ten spies. They saw their circumstances differently. So, so how will we see our circumstances? Now, now, when I think about circumstances, I think that includes also how will we see others? How will we see people? Um, i got to tell you, today in worship, there were like two times that right on the edge of my lips was, Woo! But I was afraid that'd scare you folks to death. Uh, isn't that weird? Anybody ever like that? You know, I just, you feel that shout. And, and when we were singing Reckless Love, and we were singing about this God that will climb any mountain, that will tear down any lie and any wall coming after us, I got to tell you, that made me just a little bit excited. Uh, because I know that is the perspective. God sees the lies that are being told to me, and he comes after those lies. Our God, as one songwriter in the 70s wrote, our God is the hound of heaven. <laughs> he doesn't give up on us. And as I thought about that, the perspective of God, uh, you know, ju God judges community. Do you, you realize that, that, that communities sometimes are judged by God. And, I, and when I'm saying communities, communities of faith. And so there's this perspective of God, and, and I'm trying not to get excited here, okay? Uh, because I think this is important for us to understand. There's this perspective of God that he pursues people where they are, even in their brokenness. You know, when we see Jesus, and Jesus is embracing people that religious people said were unclean. Lepers, tax collectors, sinners, prostitutes, people of no reputation, people everyone else had forgotten. Jesus was pursuing and embracing them. And Jesus gives us the perspective of God. And so my concern is that the church never be a place that does not pursue those that others forget about. See, see the, the Pharisees, they were good people, but they didn't have a godly perspective on others. May, may we always be a church, and I believe we are. I pray that we are, because God judges communities. May we always be a church where someone can come through those back doors wherever they are. And without judgment and without shunning, we will embrace and love and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work of transformation. We need God's perspective on others. And then we talked about Rahab. We, we, we need God's perspective on ourselves, how, how we see ourselves. And so today the question is, how will you see the past? How will you see your past? So, so the perspective of circumstances and others, our, our perspective on, on ourselves, and our perspective on our past. All these things matter. H how we see our past will affect how we live in the present. How we see God's faithfulness in the past will see, affect how we live in the present. Um, you know, we have a choice here. Uh, you know, as you were singing, I think the first line from Reckless Love is, before, ever, before I ever spoke a word, you were singing over me. And every time I hear that phrase, I think of, of 
the privilege I had to grow up in a Christian home. I mean, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and to be honest, probably I knew the name of Jesus before I knew my own name. <laughs> you know, my mom was singing these hymns, these songs over me before I knew anything. Now, maybe you didn't come from that background. Maybe you have scars and hurts and, and things in your, your background that you'd like to forget. The truth is, before you spoke a word, God was singing over you. He was pursuing you. And so we can see our past as this dark ages where God was not there, that God didn't care. Or we could see our past as a place that God was wooing and calling us even when we did not perceive his presence. Now, when I say this, how we, how we look at our past matters, I'm not suggesting that we ignore or suppress the bad. You know, we don't, we don't become poly Annie and no one under 50 knows who that is. Uh, those of you under 50, you can look them up on the internet later. Uh, it's, it's not that we don't ignore bad things, but, but we acknowledge those things and acknowledge that God is at work even in those things. So are you a person who easily sees God at work? Um, it's, it's an old joke, and usually the old jokes work better than the new jokes. That's why they're old jokes, I guess. There's a lady that's driving around, and you guys will run this, and you'll just look at me like, but that's okay. There's a lady, and it's raining, and she's driving her car, and it's raining really hard, and she, she wants to find a parking spot, and so she starts praying. Oh, Lord, will you please open up a parking spot for me? And she's praying, and she's praying, and eventually this parking spot opens up. This car backs out right in front of her, and she says, Oh, Lord, never mind, there's one already. <laughs> are you a person who readily accepts and sees God is at work in your life here's the truth God causes the sun to shine and the rain to fall on the good and the bad which means whether you're a believer or not whether you've taken a step of faith or not God has been blessing you all along because that is the nature of our God James says, every good thing that comes into your life comes from the Father above. For every blessing in your life, it's not happen chance, but God is continually blessing and wooing and reaching and pursuing his people. So how do you see your past? When we consider God's faithfulness in the past, it gives us hope that we can finish the journey with God. And so it's important how we see our past. And so the story that we're going to share today, we're, we're continuing in the story. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the story of, of the crossing of the Jordan River. In the crossing of the Jordan River, uh, that they have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They've been wandering in the wilderness since 1980. Okay, let's get context in there. Uh, Moses is no longer their leader. Moses is dead. Joshua is the new leader. And, and Joshua is leading them into the promised land, into Israel. From, they, they, they've come from captivity. They've crossed the Red Sea. God's fed them in, in, in the wilderness with manna. And God's taken care of them. There's this generation that would not enter the promised land to begin with. And that generation is gone and dead. And it's a new generation. And Joshua is leading them. And Joshua gets from God these instructions 
on how to cross the Jordan River. Now, the, now the Jordan River is flooding at this point. It, it's, it's, at, it's at flood stage, and so it's going to be very difficult to, to cross with hundreds of thousands of people, perhaps millions of people, into the promised land. And so God says, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to have the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant, and I want them to, to walk into the Jordan River, and I want them to get the soles of their feet wet. And when their feet get wet, I want to stop the flood, and the waters are going to part, and the rest of Israel will walk through on dry ground. And so once again, we, we have in this story, it's, it's the tabernacle, or it's, it's the Ark of the Covenant, which is the center of the tabernacle, which is setting the course and direction, which is what we talked about at the beginning of this series. And then you have priests who are getting, are getting their feet wet, which is different than the parting of the Red Sea. In the parting of the Red Sea, God parts the Red Sea, and they go through on dry ground. In this, they have to get their feet wet first. And I think this speaks to maturity. Folks, as we mature in Christ, as we mature in our faith, there may be some times when we have to get our feet wet. Uh, God's not going to do it all for us, but he may expect us to take some steps of faith because he's been faithful in the past, and he may expect his mature believers, the priests, those who are leading the way, to sometimes get their feet wet and do things that others may be a little bit uncomfortable or not ready to do. And so they, they cross the Jordan, they enter into Israel, and, and after they enter into Israel, God tells Joshua, I want you to take 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes, and I want you to set up memorials for what, uh, for, for the, for what I've done. And, and I think when we're talking about what God has done here, I think it, it's not just the crossing of the Jordan River. I think that's part of it. But it's the taking care of them for 40 years in the wilderness. It's the parting of the Red Sea. It's the giving them a leader like Moses and Joshua. It's freeing them from slavery. It's all these things that God has done through the years. That when they look at these stones, they will remember they are a people and they have a place because God has been faithful. And so the question I have for you today is this. What are your memorial stones? What are your memorial stones? Um, I'm going to get real practical here. You may say, well, pastor, my memorial stones are just right here. You probably wouldn't say it like that. I don't, know. I don't even know what that accent was. Was it fun? Maybe I'll preach the whole message like that. What are your memorial stones? It's, is, is it just what? Oh, I, my memory? Here's the truth. Our memory is sometimes deceptive and can fool us, Right? Our feelings are sometimes elusive. And, and sometimes our memories, the way we feel, are not a true guide to how faithful God has been. Anybody ever been there? Where, where what you're thinking is not consistent with who God is. And, and so I'm not suggesting that we set up idols, but, but I do believe that there's some physical memorial stones. These were physical stones that they could see. And I believe there's some physical stones that are helpful in our lives that can help us remember how faithful God has been. Maybe it's a note in your Bible. As I think of those graduates, and it's, it's kind of interesting. Since all this COVID-19 has went on, you know, we really hadn't worked at the office. So, so I have finally set up an 
office for myself at home. You know, I've always just worked at dining room tables. Now I have this full-blown cool office that's got like weights and a punching bag. I love it. You know, it's great. And, uh, and as I'm doing this, I'm going through our books. And we've got like 10 trillion books. And some are finding a way to Mary's ministry and some are finding their way back up onto my bookshelves. But you know, in, in my group of Bibles is the Bible I got when I graduated from high school in 1981 <laughs> with an inscription to me. I, I hope that that Bible that Josh gave you will become not, not the only Bible you ever read, but it will be with you till you're an old man like me and graduates say amen. When you're my age and you'll pick that Bible up off a shelf and you'll remember how faithful God has been to you throughout your life. Maybe it's a note in the Bible, something somebody inscribed. Maybe it's a person. Lots of time it's a person. And so when your emotions start to wear thin or, 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 or go askew, it's that person you call on the phone that can center you once again in the faithfulness of God. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's a place like this, a church, a Sunday school class, an altar, a place where you can go and, and you can just sit down and you can be overwhelmed with the presence of God. You know, the, the truth is, you know where my place is most times? I love to be out on trails with a Bible. And, and you know, there's times where, where and, and it's unfortunate, I'm too busy oftentimes to do it, but just to be out in the open, in, the, in nature, and read scripture, God will speak to me in those times maybe it's a scar uh, ryan was in the first service there's mara back there and reed had surgery as we were sitting in here for staff meeting this week i think it's this week i don't know if he's in or not but i just noticed that little scar and for a moment i forgot and then i remembered that, that God has been so true in Reed's life and protected him as an infant in that surgery. See, scars sometimes are the best reminders of God's faithfulness. I'm reminded of the story of Jacob, and he's coming back into the promised land, in, into Israel after living with his uncle Laban. And as he enters into the, to Israel, he has this wrestling match with an angel, a messenger, a man, and, and this angel dislocates his, his hip bone, so he walks with a limp. And, and I think the scripture says something to the effect that from then on, he walked with a limp. <laughs> you know, so, sometimes the limps are the best reminders of the presence and faithfulness of God. So what are your memorial stones? See, memorial stones encourage us to risk for God. No, no matter where you are in the journey, maybe you're early in the journey, maybe you've been on this journey for a long time and you're close to home, but, but these memories of God's faithfulness remind us that he'll be faithful in the future, he's faithful now, and, and they encourage us in our journey. You know, as I think about God's faithfulness and how faithful he's been to, to me, uh, you know, there, there's things that, that are going on in our life, Terry and I's life, even now, that could shake my faith. But can I tell you, God has been faithful in the past, and he will be faithful in the future. 
And so because of that faithfulness and the memory of that faithfulness, I, I am able to, and, and maybe you don't like this word, I like this word, I can take risk for God because I know God is true. If God calls me to risk, then I will risk for him because he has been faithful. God never has failed me. I got to tell you, this is my pet peeve song. I know for some of you it may be the greatest song ever. I cannot stand. He never has failed me yet. Take that yet off. You know, it's like God's never failed me yet, but he may. God never has, never will fail you. He's never failed me. And I know I'm not the only one in this room that could say that. And so these memorial stones remind us that we don't live in the past, but we need the past and the memory of it. To, to, we need to stop and reflect so that we can move effectively into the future and into our present. It reminds me of the Robert Frost poem, and I don't have the title of this. It's, it, Nancy, you're, you're a poet. You kind of know this. Do you know the, what's, I think it's called Stopping on a, in, by a Winter Snow. Yeah. Say it again. Yes, yeah, stopping by snow in a winter evening. <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Okay. You guys are too hard on me. You try this for a while. Robert Frost writes, Whose woods are these? I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods of frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year, he gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. You know, the point of that story to me, as, as I read Robert Frost's point, is there's importance in the stopping, but the stopping is not the point. Well, we stop and reflect not because the journey's over, but to remind ourselves that we are on our way. Our journeys are not over yet. Um, graduation <laughs> is not the end, we know that. It's only a beginning. Marriage is not the end, it's only a beginning. Children are not the end, it's only a beginning. An empty nest, which is what Terry and I are beginning to be, <laughs> is not the end, it's only a beginning. Retirement is not the end, it's only a new beginning. And so we stop, we look to the past to live forward into our future. Now in the church we have many things that we do that help us remember. You know, the, the way the church calendar is typically, typically organized is, is a way to stop and remember. God, God set feast in place in the Old Testament so the people of Israel would stop and remember. And so in the church, as we gather in here, um, you know, we stop and remember. This, this is a stopping place. It's a stopping and remembering through singing, through, through the word, through prayer, the faithfulness of God. Through seeing, as Amy said, each other's faces and remembering how faithful God has been in each other's lives. We stop and remember. C communion is a memorial stone. That as we receive communion, Jesus invites us. He says, do this 
in remembrance of me. And when Jesus is saying, do this in remembrance of me, I believe there's, there's at least three areas that you could talk about uh, when you talk about doing this. And Amy, you can come. We're going to sing here in just a second. Um, while I'm speaking, just so we can kind of get this out of the way, we're, we're doing an Easter egg hunt for communion. It's under your chairs. Uh, look, each aisle has a bowl of the ready communion. Bob, can you hand me one of those, please? Uh, these are per perfectly safe. They're pre-COVID-19. They've been in the freezer since 2001. Uh, not quite that long, but they were in the freezer. And uh, so, so let, let's see if we can open these real quick. I think the easiest thing to do is to take the top off first. If I said that, now I may be wrong. Thin film first. Thin film first. Never mind. And then get your teeth. <laughs> Let me tell you what. If you want to laugh later on, get on Facebook and watch the first service. It was a lot of fun. When the presents start unra stop unwrapping, I'll, I'll go a little bit further. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And, and when Jesus is talking about doing this in remembrance of me, I, I believe Jesus is, is talking about three things. He's talking about our past. Re remember what I've done for you. Your God was faithful while you were yet sinners. Before you were worthy, God made you worthy. Jesus healed us by what he did. And he restored our relationship with God. Remember not only what he did in the past, but remember that he is still here. You are not alone. Je Jesus promised not to leave us orphans, and he has not left us. He is present in this place, and this physical host... This physical presence reminds us that it's as real as this little wafer is. Jesus is present in this place. And then we remember, we remember that there's coming a day <laughs> that we will be fully with him. That this is representative of a coming feast. Now just so you know, we're, we're an open communion table that, that you don't have to be a member of our church to receive communion if you'd like to. We, we believe communion is for those who are genuinely seeking. It, you know, you don't have to be baptized in this church, so just thought I'd make sure everyone was aware of that. Oh, just spilled on myself. Man, this has been a side show today. Now let's get into the scripture can't take me anywhere you know what I love about God we can laugh we can cry his presence is in both for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup 
after supper, saying, this is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your faithfulness and the promise of a future. Hear the good news. You've been invited. No matter what others may say. Your darkest sins will be forgiven. You will always have a place at the table of grace. The cup's never empty, the plate's always full, and it's never too late to come and be filled. With love never ending, you're always welcome at the table of grace. So come, you weak and heavy hearted, don't try to hide your earthly scars. For in Don't be afraid, come as you are at the table of grace. The cup's never empty, the plate's always full, and it's never too late to come and be filled with the love never ending. You're always welcome at the table. the first become the last and let the poor put kings to shame their willing hearts will be their treasure by the power of Jesus name at the table of grace the cups never the plate's always full, it's never too late to come and be filled with the love never ending. You're always welcome at the table of grace. Prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the table of grace. You invite us, you welcome us home. And Lord, this is what this is all about. Your children coming home. As Amy read that parable of the prodigal son, we all stand before you as prodigals who've come home. You could have turned your back, but you didn't. You embraced us. You put the robe on our back, you put the ring on our finger, and you killed the fatted calf. 
So Lord, may we always ever be people who understand that's who we are. We are children of the Most High King who invited us into His presence. Lord, as I pray that, I realize that even in this room, there may be some that's been holding back. You invite them still. We've not burned too many bridges. We've not went too far. But Lord, you have a space, a place at the table for us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless. You are dismissed.